You are now entering Film I see, mate. You're fond of me, lobster. Molly, you in danger, girl. Your ass looks like about 150 pounds of chew bubble gum piled, you know that? Say it, sir! I'm leaving you people. What do you mean, you people? What do you mean, you people? Huh? Now answer my question. Were you rushing or were you dragging? What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Film Code. Thanks so much for listening. My name is Phoenix Cloudin, and joined, of course, by the two greatest co-hosts in the world, fresh out of bed. Welcome, Zach Sneef. Zach, how are you, sir? Man, I'm good. Uh, slightly hungover, but uh, we're good. When is that new? <laughs> I guess that's true as well. <laughs> <laughs> And also joined by Brandon. What's going on, sir? Man, I'm good. It is good to be back. Um, I am so excited to actually talk about this movie because Shyamalan has had a rough couple years, <laughs> past few years. Yeah. And uh, it is. I'm interested to see how you guys feel if he has had his comeback or not yet. Mm. Well, Yes, it it does. This shall be interesting. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, obviously, we're kicking off non-spoiler, uh, which I think is we're talking the, about knock at the cabin. By the yeah, way, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Thank you. We we cleared that up just just beforehand. Uh, knock at the cabin, M Night Shyamalan's new film starring Dave Bautista, uh, Jonathan Groff, uh, Luke, uh, uh, Ben Aldridge, uh. uh and uh, Rupert Grant is in this, like, with a awesome, interesting role. So, um, and of course, M. Night Shyamalan makes a, a cameo appearance, which was really kind of funny. <laughs> so, this is a story of a gay couple and their adopted daughter. They're in a cabin in the woods. They get approached by these four people who tell them to prevent the apocalypse. They must sacrifice one of one member of their family willingly willingly um they cannot escape they can't leave the house they can't um they can't volunteer to do it it has to be you know uh a choice um and uh they can't kill themselves those dims dims be the rules uh and uh yeah and that's where we start. And it, I will say, like, the movie goes right into it. Like, no filler, no, like, this is how we got here. No, it's straight into it. We see the girl outside and Dave Batista's character, whose name I think was Leonard. Yeah, Leonard. Leonard yeah. Yeah. Uh, approaches her and, and we're off to the races. <laughs> you know, so, I'll be honest, like, for an hour and 47 minute runtime, none of it was wasted. No. I, I think, I think. I think every single second of this film was used properly. You mean rushed? No. Oh. But, yeah, all right. <laughs> you you thought it was rushed? 100%. What? 100%. I didn't feel any... I felt more emotional connection in 80 for Brady than I did this movie. <laughs> I, I still need to see 80 for then, Brady. I'm you know what? That's, that's just sad. It's just sad. <laughs> I shouldn't feel that way. Listen, 84 well, that cha- is 
a masterpiece. But anyway, well, like Andy <laughs> Brady got an A minus on Cinema Score. Sorry for getting off on a tangent, but how? Exactly, exactly, because it's the is is dope. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I I wouldn't say it was rushed. I mean, I think the I I kind of like the fact that we we got right into it. You know what I'm saying? And like to to fill out anything between our characters, we get flashbacks. And I think those flashbacks help tell the story a little bit, um, show show exactly where these two people are at, at, at this moment. Um, yeah, so the like to me it wasn't rushed, uh, but I like I, I thought it was well paced. Uh, yeah, between the flashbacks and where we ultimately end up, I, I thought it was pretty well paced. There, there, I do have a complaint though about the the plagues. I wish the plagues had been a little bit more drawn out. That that's that's where if if I if I say anything was rushed, I would say that's where the rushing came from. Listen, Ben Aldridge as um in in a relationship as a gay couple. Spoiler alert: is just a superior movie. So. I just uh it is a superior movie yes absolutely. I mean I just I I can't I I I have so much to complain about with this so wow. we'll, we'll get into it um I thought it was a good movie but I think that's absolutely where it stops okay gotcha <laughs> um so uh, I think Dave Batista's performance was incredible um you know, there's a lot of talk about Dave Batista being like the best wrestler turned actor because you know you have like John Cena, Dwayne Johnson, Paul White, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Hulk Hogan, Mr. T. Nothing comes close, in my opinion. Like, listen, I love John Cena as Peacemaker, but man, like Dave Batista killed it in this role. Okay. Um I thought it was fine. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I thought it was fine. Um me personally, uh of the wrestler turn actors, I'm always gonna be uh on team Dwayne Johnson. I think I think he's 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 a far better actor, but I think Dave Batista keeps getting better movies. He has and, the better no Dave Batista gives the better range because like when it comes to Dwayne nah, Johnson. That's a that's that that's arguable. Like, listen, I get it. Dwayne Johnson as a brand, he's got he's gotta stick to that brand. He does a lot of action movies. I get it. And and it may appear to the naked eye that that uh Dave Batista is doing a lot more different things. Uh he's he's in different movies, yes. I do not think he's got incredible range just yet i think it takes a lot of range to be able to stay in a in a pocket and find new ways to in, invent that pocket that's why i think Dwayne johnson is a stronger actor um but i think dave batista did great here you know what i'm saying he was he was perfectly fine this is his first time i think really leading a film um so he did a solid job he did a solid job made me believe in the character i think he's on his way you know what i'm saying he, he's he's got a good role here I, I i'm excited to see what else he does but yeah i would pump the brakes on like the best 
performance or anything like that. Like, yeah, I think he did solid. Uh, yeah, I would say that anyone could have filled his role in this movie. To be honest, I don't think it was anything standout. I think you could put you could have put any actor here, and they could have done just as well. I mean, his character isn't. It's not like he did anything different than any other person could have done. I don't think. I think you could have placed anyone in this role. Like he I, did good. I'm not I, saying he didn't do good, but I think anyone could have done that. I disagree, but I mean, I think it's one of those agree to disagree situations here. Because we're um, right. Yeah. <laughs> No. Um, <laughs> yeah. So no. <laughs> I love I love the pause there. Too. I got to look at what book this is off. Um, so, Knock at the Cabin is um, based off of the book The Cabin at the End of the World, mm-hmm. and um, there are some actual like major significant differences. Oh yeah. Like I, I look I, I haven't read the book, but I looked at like different comparisons between the two. Like night and day comparisons, man. Like I don't want to say anything before we tear the shield of spoilers, but yeah, wow. Um there's a lot of plot points in the book that like are super, super dark. Oh yeah. Yeah. It like it's hard to believe that it gets darker than than what this film was, because the film got pretty dark. Uh, I would say in in several places and yeah, crazy like oh man, (laughs) uh, you know, part of humanity being judged. Jesus, uh, it was uh, yeah, that was that was crazy. I I liked the concept like when it comes to M Night Shyamalan, right? All of his movies have a great concept, right? I like I said before I went and saw it. I was one of the big fans of old his last movie i really thought old was was solid like premise wise definitely solid i thought the execution actually kind of worked the only problem with that movie was the dialogue was terrible <laughs> like like genuinely terrible like it was really bad so that like movie was terrible <laughs> i hated old yeah a lot of people didn't like old i thought it was i thought it was at least serviceable i really liked the premise really liked the execution it was just the the, the, the yeah that dialogue was, was maddening i mean as well as i mean glass too um yeah i haven't seen glass okay so for as somebody who loved unbreakable and split i was super excited to go in glass i'm like cool they're making this a trilogy awesome i can't wait to see it it was not good i'm not gonna spoil it for anything but man mm-hmm. Some of the decisions they make in that movie, yeah. I wa- I walked out with such bad taste in my mouth. It, it, it was the same way with Halloween Ends. You just like you're like <laughs> man, you, you you just you give us something so promising and then you just destroy it. Yeah, kind of like Knock at the Cabin. <laughs> see, see, but what were you expecting going in? You don't have any predis I mean, I mean, they gave away like the entire movie and every single trailer that they gave, and to lead up to like an ending, I could have predicted. So, really, you thought yeah. you you thought they were telling the truth the whole time? Um, I thought it was weird. I thought the whole plot <laughs> was weird. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say that. Um, <laughs> I kind of figured in the end that's 
kind of where it was going. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, who really, like, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll complain in a little bit here, but like, who seriously is like not gonna, you know, try to fix that? Like, <laughs> like, um, I, um, like, the book. And you know what? That's a shame for anyone who read the book. The fact that, like, I can't imagine reading that and then coming to see this. Wow. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's it's not like an entirely based on the book. It's it's pulled from the source material. Right. It's, so it's used as source material, and then they'll tell the story off of that. Have you guys but, ever read a book and then seen a movie though? Yes, like, oh, Harry yeah. Potter. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean sometimes sometimes it's the worst experience ever where you're like. You know, you read a book and you're like, the book is so good. And then you go see a movie and based on it and you're like, how could you get this wrong? I'm thinking of Percy Jackson <laughs> and the Lightning Thief. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, man, how how do you mess that up? But that's right, guys, saying, let's go to like... Vegas. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I haven't read this book. And I desperately want to read it now. <laughs> like, after seeing this. Um, but yeah, I mean, the way Brandon is talking, like it's drastically different. I'm like, oh, that's that's scary because I'm like, it's very dark. Yeah, if the book gives you that like really dark atmosphere, like because to me, I think this was PG 13, if I'm not mistaken. Like, I don't think this was rated R, was it? Let me look. If it was rated R, like they. Could have done a lot more. Yeah. No, it's rated R. Is it really? Yep. That's disgusting. Mm, I'm sorry. This, if you're going this... for an R, if you're going for an R rating, I want to see the the guts and the blood. Exactly. Like, like this, this felt very PG-13. My guess is the only reason it got R is because maybe too many F words. What were there F words? I don't think I don't were. remember them cussing that much. Really? No, it, it had to have been the gore because, like, there was a lot of. But what, the I gore? mean, the, the gore was kind of like off screen. Like, it wasn't like up close or anything. Like, if you're gonna like, do an R rating, like, um, what if yeah. I told you when was our observer? Okay, I guess. Okay, because she looked away at every scene. That okay, had the kill. Yeah, but I mean, I'm like, you wouldn't take your kid to this movie. I, I don't know. I, I okay, I guess, I guess, because you're like, if it's PG-13, you might think, oh, younger audience can can go see this as long as they're with a parent, and and maybe you don't want a younger audience to see that. Okay, fine. Okay, but like, there's nothing in the movie I think deserving of an R rating. But I think because yeah, like what you just said, Brandon. Like, if when is your observer then yes you don't want to you don't want to put that on any kids so i get it okay fine (laughs) i still think it's bullcrap that's like a that's a serious cop out i mean he went for the r rating yeah he definitely went for the r rating he got it so he could have he could have gone he could have leaned in more definitely i think but yeah that's just me Um, um okay so Terry the Seal of Spoilers here. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Um, I was not expecting Rupert Grint to have such little of a role as he did in this film. Because I didn't, I didn't expect them to continue to be killed off each scene. Mm-hmm. 
I did not expect that. Yeah. It uh... is the dumbest plot. <laughs> it is the dumbest plot. I'm sorry. I I it's so stupid. I if you don't do exactly as we say and choose one of you to die, we're gonna kill ourselves. And it's gonna bring a plague. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but like, really? I mean, well, I don't know, man. When you when you realize who they are, yeah, it kind of makes sense. Like, <sighs> it, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like, like I said, I haven't read the book. I don't know how it's explained in the book. Um. But like in the movie, they're like, you know, they keep having these visions and these these visions are what like drive them crazy. And and which I think is great, like for uh what I'm sorry, I, I didn't get the character's name, but uh Ben Aldridge's uh character where you know Andrew. Andrew, yeah, where he's like, you know, it, it gives him a reason to think like these people aren't legitimate. You know what I'm saying? It gives them a reason to be like, to doubt their story, to doubt what they're saying. Like, cause I mean, it's crazy. Like, right. Like you, you want us to kill one of ours? I was like, no, get out of here. We're not doing that. And, and you know, he's right. He's like, yeah, dude, the world can, can die a thousand times over. I'm not killing anybody in my family. Like, like, and I share that sentiment, but like, you know, when you're looking at, the world literally crumbling and dying and you're like okay there might be some legitimacy to it this is where my complaint comes in because i'm like the plagues themselves they were kind of easy to dismiss <laughs> like like when you really you know say when you're thinking about it it's like it's like a, a a virus outbreak but it's it's uh on a time delay i'm like what i'm like <laughs> like okay that's a little silly like in even like the tidal wave, I'm like, yeah, but it's happening like in another country. I think, at, you know what I'm saying? I was like, like, eh, these these well, things it's, are it's very easy to dismiss and very easy to think like they're not happening in real time. Well, which is why I was like, like you should have had a few more. It's because it was all building up over the past right. like however many years, and that was just the blow up right there. And that's Ooh. how they that's how they explain. It. I think they explain that pretty well. It's just like. Like the world was always like expected to end, but just everything was coming to a fold right then and there. Ever it just wasn't randomly happening. Oh my god, all these planes are coming out of the sky. Oh my god, this random earthquake happened. Oh my god, the plague. No, like it was just a buildup of stuff. I mean, are any of us really watching this movie and seeing these plagues happen? Like, oh my god, I can't believe that happened. Like <laughs> we're not expected to. Yeah, like so what's the point if you're not the characters are no, supposed to if there's no emotional value there what's the whole point of them exactly. doing it, what, what what no but what's the point it's what's different point? it's different for us as the viewer for than the characters the characters no it's not it's not it's not different it's not different we're supposed to feel you know something from when we're watching this movie and how it is to be in the situation I didn't feel any emotional value at all when I'm watching these, you know, so-called apocalypses happen. Like, uh, like all these plagues happen in the apocalypse. Yeah, like, that's and that's where I'm at with it, too, is like, it would have been nice if 
I don't know, maybe if they had different plagues, maybe if they were happening at the same time, maybe if we saw more people respond to it, that probably would have been more of the emotional hook. But like I said, having uh the the plagues happen the way they did at the times that they did, it made it made it very easy to dismiss. And then by the time we get to the crescendos, you know, the, the planes falling out of the sky and, and that type of thing, like, yeah, it builds and you're like, oh, okay, we go from distrust to maybe these, these people have something. But I think we could have did that a little bit earlier, a little bit sooner. And then making their choice feel a bit more conflicting as they keep going. That, that I, and I think that's where the emotional hook might have landed for Zach and, and and even for me as well. Like with like especially with the flashbacks, especially with um, you know, the these personal if the if the plagues had been just a little bit more personal, I would I would have felt it. I would have felt it a bit more. That's that's really my only complaint is like I feel like the plagues themselves should have been either more or more significant. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, I mean, for me, um, I I just I personally think that um, these different parts of the plague, just saying like part of humanity isn't judged, I think that was a better way to explain it. Just not just showing, oh my god, look at all these people dying compared to just like talk about the entire world dying compared to oh yeah. We're, like they're killing a hundred thousand at a time, pretty much. This tidal wave, the uh, the plague, all these planes falling out of the sky, and then when Leonard finally dies, he's like, everybody, everyone has been judged, all of humanity or all the people have been judged. That's when everything starts to fall apart. I don't Listen, know. The better, like, if I want to read about Revelation, I would pick up my Bible. <laughs> Like, if I wanted to read about Revelation, I would pick up my Bible and I would get more out of it than I would watching this movie. Oh. Like, I just, I, it's unoriginal. Like, it's it's not original. It's not. It's it's an apocalypse with, if you've ever read the Bible, mm -hmm. like, that's basically, that. those are some of the things that happen. That's what's I, talked about. And like, to make a movie about it, and then, like, be, like you're basically saying, "Oh, God is making you choose." Like, you know, pick one person. Like, basically, pick Jesus, right? Mm. Like, well, I mean, I think, I think the the premise. Like I said, I think the premise is solid. Um, I do think the idea of, "Hey, we need you to prevent the apocalypse." Uh, it. It, it's kind of interesting, like, especially because it has to be so violent, like it has to be so, uh, yeah, gruesome in that in that sense. Like you can't, you can't not choose, and with you not choosing, like th these four people, then have to have to be sacrificed for every every time you say no. Um. I think, like, yeah, I get what Zach is saying. Like, it's a very basic story, but I think it's the the gore and the violence of it that makes it pretty unique, uh, in in the way that it's told. The gore you and know, the violence that like hardly exists. 
it it's there. What do you expect? Like, what do you expect? You see, you see three movie? people get their freaking heads chopped off. Dude. It's like, the fact that that Scream and this are both rated R. Are you kidding me? The gore is what makes this. Zach, Zach, I don't. Do want, no, 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 no. I don't want to hear. What kind of gore are you expecting when the main cast list is literally just seven people? <laughs> I mean. I would like some blood. I would like an original plot line, you and blood. I would like you got blood standout actors. So you got blood, and you got standout actors. Like eighty what? for Brady did that, and it <laughs> eighty for Brady did not film. have like <laughs> that eighty that, for Brady. That, I saw eighty for Brady right before this, and this just disappointed me. This film had like, seven characters in it. If you if you if you, if you, had, if, you like, if you want four. if you want more. If you want more script writing dialogue of just like of more gore happening, go read the book of this because there's a lot that happens in it compared to there's well, a, but I, I'm not we're not talking about the book. We're talking about the movie, which I went to go see and spend my time to do and <laughs> didn't do any of that. So I, I mean, if we're reviewing the book, that's different. We're reviewing the movie though, and they didn't do anything different. They just didn't. Well, I don't know. I enjoyed this this movie i really did um i like i saw three movies the other day this was probably my favorite of the three um yeah it was it was the tension right tension is something that m night Shyamalan does really well that mm-hmm. i'll give him that i'll give him even if his his stories don't always you know come across you know the best he he is good at delivering tension. So to me, I felt the tension was really well done. I felt, um, like I said, there were a few things, a few elements that could have been strengthened, no doubt. But yeah, I I wasn't I wasn't too mad at it. I think everybody did a solid job. Um, I really loved the ending. Like <laughs> I really loved the ending. Uh, how you know they eventually make the sacrifice um and you know save the world i i i am kind of with ben though he's like why would i do that like like you know i'm saying like this this world does not love us they don't appreciate us and it's like yeah but at the same time you can't let your kid grow up in the world without anybody else there and it's like okay fine like i get the sacrifice but man, that would have been that would have been a hard one. And I I feel I feel Zach when he's like it's, it wasn't emotional enough. I get I get him on that because like to me the emotion is I really love Jonathan Groff <laughs> and I really love Ben Aldridge. So I was like that was that was my emotional pool was I was like I love these two actors. So but the characters themselves I don't feel we spent nearly enough time with them to get that to get that emotional pool. I I think yeah I think this if you know if you're going to make a movie like this and you want me to feel something from it like make it 30 30 45 minutes longer take the time explain like give me some depth to the characters and you know make me feel like I know them right but the fact that they're having to make a choice on who to pick and I don't hardly know the character. Like I don't really know the characters besides that they're they're a gay couple with an adopted. They weren't. Uh, we're not supposed to make a pick for them. Well, I know well, we're man. not supposed to make a yeah, but what? 
like what what's the what 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 is the point no i mean because the entire film neither of them are making a decision because andrew is uh, too stubborn to be like oh my i mean i mean rightfully so but he's like on, on the stubborn aspect of oh yeah all of this was like pre-recorded this this, and that and i don't believe you so none of us are making a choice Mm-hmm. And Eric is too concussed to really just figure something out until like the time is there and the time is like okay we need to make a decision now. Yeah, I mean, I get that, but I'm, I'm why, do, why do why do I care? Why <laughs> like what is supposed to make me care about these characters? I'm guessing in the movie they never make a choice because I mean, that's that's what I didn't get from this one. Yeah. So, so the book. Hello, folks. This is Phoenix. Uh, just interrupting here to uh, point out that at this moment there will be spoilers given for the book of the Cabin at the End of the World. If you do not want to hear spoilers for this, uh, go ahead and skip ahead. Uh, I think we talk about it for maybe about five minutes. So go ahead and do that. Uh, if you don't mind the spoilers, if you're if you're okay with that, if you're gonna read the book anyway, even though we spoiled it for you, hey, congrats! Uh, you can go ahead and listen. But just wanted to give you that heads up. Okay, back to the episode now. I'm guessing um, they, they they just say screw it, screw the world, um, and let so it burn. And and the and the, the book and that gunfight between Leonard and Andrew, mm-hmm. when gets shot and killed. Oh, but no. since Wen's death wasn't a willing sacrifice, um, they, they keep... um, they they had still things continued on, and it continued on the path of how it did in um in the movie. However, um, Leonard kills uh Leonard kills himself or much earlier on, and they never make a decision, and the world ends. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, that is much darker. <laughs> that's see, see, that's my one issue. That's one of my like I have like two issues, two or three issues with this film. And that's one of them. I'm like, I get Shyamalan was trying to give us a happy ending and some kind of twist. But could you imagine if we got that in the film? How oh, no, like... that would that would have been worse. That, that would have been much worse. I wouldn't be surprised if they test screened that and everybody was like, no. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, so I if that's how he switched up the ending. Um I, I like it much better. <laughs> like, I like it much better. I w- would rather not have seen that, if I'm being honest. Give me gruesome. Give me an <laughs> emotional story. Kill the daughter. I'm happy. <laughs> Man, Zach, Zach was cheering for Anakin when he was killing all those kids. <laughs> 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 like if you're trying to, if you're trying to make me cry, killing a little girl is the way to do it. Like, like if you want me to care about these characters, you kill someone's daughter. That's just messed up, man. Oh my like, god! See, imagine if we get a director's cut and it's an alternate, like the alternate back half of the film. Oh no! <laughs> oh, I would, I would, hundred percent pick up a copy and just acted like this version never existed. Jesus. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's 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 some dark stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I I dug this. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, I see all of Zach's complaints. Like, 
although I, I appreciated the tight run time and us just getting straight to it, you know, an extra 20 minutes, man, it wouldn't have hurt. I don't I don't think an extra 20 minutes would have hurt. I agree. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like either in the beginning or some more of a flashback, something. I would have loved to have seen a flashback of these four, the four horsemen, you know what I'm saying? To like see what their life was like, how they were experiencing those those uh visions. That's, that's, that could have filled their own time right there. Yeah, that right there would have been fantastic. Like, like just seeing I, how that how it distorted their life and all of that. I wanted more explanation of like what the hell was going on with um what's his name? You mean um, the, the uh random bar scene we get? Yeah, the random <laughs> bar scene. I wanted more of that. Just like why was why was he turning up now to the cabin? Like what was his motive? Like how does how does their it hit path his, cross again? Yeah, his his appearance was just to keep uh Andrew in doubt, right? Because this was a guy who attacked him, right? So of course he's like, "Oh no! Like you're not, you're not real. You're like what you're talking about isn't real. You're just, you know, here because because of of that issue." So I don't know, <laughs> but I would have loved to have seen more of Rupert Grant. Like, yeah, a- absolutely. So I think for me. What we ultimately got was satisfying, but at the same time, this is this is one of the the crucial flaws of M Night's movies is like they're either overwritten or underwritten, and in this case, it's underwritten, and we could have gotten a little bit more that I think would have fleshed out our characters, would have made uh the emotional elements work a little bit stronger. Um, yeah, so that that's the only thing, but uh. Otherwise, I thought it was a solid film. It just it just needed a, a bit more. I would love to see them take another crack at this this story. Maybe they'll yeah. do a, a remix version um, in, a, in a couple of years. Because who would you want to direct? Why did Jordan Peele's name come like straight oh, to yep, my yep, mind? Yep, <laughs> like that's that you got the nail on the head right there, Jordan. Yeah, Peele. that would that would have been a sick one. Uh, yeah, um, I would love to see maybe Zach Kreger once you know he's got a little bit more season under him. I would love to see him take a crack at it. But yeah, there's 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 a number of people who could have who could have done this uh just slightly better. I do think it was solid. It's definitely one of M Knight's best in recent in recent times. Um, but yeah, he he could have writ- written this a little bit stronger. Hmm. I mean, like, like you guys are saying, the four horsemen, right? Give me some of their backstory. Well, yeah. I, you know, I don't. That's what we. Like, that's what we were just saying. Yeah, I know. I, I'm aware. Like, but like, also, I'm saying, like, why do I care about what happened in their life? Why do <laughs> like why like why do I care? They they don't give me any reason anywhere to care about what's going on. We jump right into it with no connection to any of these characters like and that's why i'm gonna tell you this is a rush film and i didn't want to come on here and bash it like this but like also it's a mid movie and i gotta call it for what it is and i'm gonna tell it like how it is like it's nothing different (laughs) it's nothing like life-changing it's a movie that came out and that's it and it's it's all right did the grasshoppers live no, I hope they die. <laughs> I don't, yeah, but, uh, that whole thing too. Like, what? Where was that? What? Why? 
why was that in the movie? Like, yeah. See, sometimes I think uh, there's a need to preserve certain things from the book when you translate it to the movie, even if you don't really uh, explore it that well. So I think that was one element from the book that that made it into the film, but I'm not sure needed to, uh, uh, or just again was underwritten. Like I'm sure there was some connection with grasshoppers that made made some sense. But uh, we didn't that's really get the, the connection. That's the thing, right? Is like, oh, we're going to change your entire book and we're going to throw in the grasshoppers that are in the book to make you feel like we care about your book. <laughs> now, stop it. Stop it. Yeah. All right. So final ratings. Brandon, what are you giving Knock at the Cabin? I think I'm going to have to go with a solid four stars. Um, originally, I gave it four and a half, but I think I'm going to have to drop it down to a four. Um, just based on conversation here, because like, yeah, there could have been a lot more added to the film. And uh, after hearing that alternate, not alternate ending, the original ending in the book, I'm like, oh, my God, we should have gotten that instead. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think a solid four stars is good for me. Yeah, all right, Zach, where are you going? Uh, Well, when I first walked out, I didn't really think about it as much. I was like, OK, maybe like three and a half. Like, it's pretty good. But the more I thought about it, the more it just pissed me off. So <laughs> I'm going to go with two and a half stars. Um, I think it's an average movie. And I probably wouldn't watch it again. So I'm going to give it two and a half stars. Wow. All right. Um, I was definitely higher on it when I walked out. But yeah, I think this conversation has made me reassess it. So I'm going with a solid three and a half. Um it was good. I would definitely watch it again. Um, I think it's got some really strong elements to it. It's just really underwritten. Like to me, it's one of those ones where I was like, oh, I wish I, I wish I had gotten to it first, <laughs> like, because I feel like I would have, I would have definitely gone in and and punched that up a bit. But otherwise, solid film. I think M Night's back on the right track. I would, I would get him some other writers so that. You know, saying he can he can really strengthen his stories. But other than that, I think this was solid. Great uh B horror thriller flick, I guess you would call it. Um, but yeah, like definitely could have been stronger in some areas. So three and a half from me, two and a half from Zach, four stars from Brandon. What did you guys think of Knock at the Cabin? Let us know on Twitter and Instagram at Filmco Pod. And we are gonna move on now to what's good. Gentlemen, what have you seen? What would you recommend, Zach? Uh, let's see. So this week or recently, I've been watching a lot of different stuff, actually. So um, while well, I watched all the Mission Impossibles, actually, I finally caught up. Um, oh, wow. Finally. Yeah. I haven't watched any of them. I haven't. I've only seen no. the first one. Yeah. So I I watched all of those, and uh, I also watched Interstellar. Um, pretty recently. I think we talked about that last nice. time, actually. Um, I would say if I'm gonna recommend a movie from what I've seen recently, um, I think Mission Impossible Fallout was probably my yes. favorite Mission yes. Impossible. <laughs> oh, so, like I, yeah, I would highly recommend Mission Impossible Fallout. That movie is awesome. Uh, Tom Cruise is really amazing in that movie. It's 
by far my favorite Mission Impossible. So nice. Uh, I would check that out. And, and to be honest, like that, not know that much and still enjoy it. To be honest. All right, uh, Brandon. What about you? For me, um, I got to rewatch everything everywhere all at once. Um, I think it's a. I think that's a lock for best actor. Oh no, best supporting actor. I mean, um, best maybe best actress. Definitely editing. I think best picture. Um, I I forgot how much I loved this movie because it's been so long since I've been able to watch it. I'm like maybe it's fallen off him for me a little bit, but after rewatch, I'm like nah, this movie is still a banger. <laughs> All right, for me, I recently uh finally got around to watching Memento. Uh. Chris, one of uh, Christopher Nolan's early films starring Guy Pierce, um, 23 years in the making. <laughs> like, the movie came out in 2000. I finally got around to seeing it. Uh, so, shout out to my film appreciation class for knocking this one off uh, my watch list. Uh, I really love this movie. I think this is like, this is signature Nolan, where he's like just just coming up with ways to to mess with his audience, to tell very complex uh, overall stories. Uh, and I think he's a master at it. Uh, Guy Pierce was awesome in it. I, I really dug it. I really dug the whole story, piecing it all together, getting like half of half of the story at some points, the other half later. I dug it. I, I, I thought it was really excellent, really well directed, really well written, really well acted. So memento for me if you haven't seen it i highly recommend checking it out um everything everywhere all at once obviously is a big recommend maybe it will win best picture and uh oh god zach which one would you mission say impossible. mission impossible fallout come on you gotta check that out <laughs> so that's what have been what's good from us here at film code and it is now that time It is now that time. <laughs> so, um, it was my code word this week. Uh, that yeah. code word being Karen. Uh, the years were 2000 to 2005. Film has a sequel where the main cast does not return. And the director for this film was also the writer. So, in film code fashion, with the man with the lowest amount of points, Mr. <laughs> Zach Sneath, you want to kick us out? Kick us off? Thanks for that intro. Um... <laughs> <laughs> So um, I'm going to give you my guess. So the code word was Karen. Um, and it was a movie between 2000, 2005. So I picked Seed of Chucky. Karen is the name of the original character in Child's Play. Uh, 2004 is when the Seed of Chucky came out. Um, the writer is also the director and I'm trying to look for who that was here, but I know for a fact that movie, I looked it up. Um, the writer and director are the same and the remake, there is a remake of child's play called child's play with none of the original cast. Mm -hmm. So my guess is seat of Chucky. Thanks. <laughs> 
Oh God. Oh, wish I found something that good. Okay. <laughs> oh, geez. Uh okay. I found one, but I don't it's 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 not good. Uh I'm pretty sure it's wrong. Uh I was I'm going with mean girls. Uh <laughs> Mean Girls is 2000, I think 2003. Uh, it, it does have a sequel. The original cast does, none of the original cast return. I didn't get a chance to see who was the writer-director, but I went, you know, Karen, because they act like a bunch of Karens. <laughs> so that's that's my guess, is Mean Girls. Um, yeah. Positive it's wrong, but uh, I am very curious to find out what this is. Give me back those two points on the board. Yeah. <laughs> um your film is 2005's Waiting. They made starring... a sequel to Waiting? They did. Wow. They made a sequel to Waiting and the only returning person on like I guess the main cast list is Luis Guzman and he's a cameo in the film. Uh nice. I was trying yeah. to say mine lined up perfectly, so <laughs> you're uh, I did your not direct... know they made a sequel to Waiting. You're oh, right yeah, director. Still waiting. Yeah, it's it's called still waiting. Yeah, but um, your writer director is Rob McKittrick. Mm -hmm. Uh, the sequel is uh still waiting, and yeah, the main cast does not return. And the reason it's Karen is there's a scene in this film where there's just crazy Karen who's like, "Oh, why did you bring out my food immediately after (laughs) the salad? I'm not done eating my salad." And um, they fuck with her meal. It is so funny. They like they do some all some all this crazy stuff. They put like pubes on it and everything. (laughs) So yeah, no, she that's that's why I've thought of Karen. I'm like, okay, let me put that on there. Nice. Yeah. All right. Waiting. I literally had just come across that. I was like, they didn't make a sequel for that. (laughs) Wow. I've never seen that, so you've never seen waiting? Oh dude, it's so funny. It's so funny. It's so good, especially especially if you worked in the food industry. Oh, it's like mm, I, I <laughs> but yeah, it, it's starring it it, yeah, it, it stars Ryan Reynolds and Anna Faris, so and Justin Long. Oh no, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> and Justin Long. Yeah, I hate Ryan Reynolds in any movie <laughs> except for like Deadpool. So three eye, yeah, yeah, worst gotta... movie. Ever. How about that free guy, Worst right, Phoenix? Yeah. Free guy's the 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 goat of Ryan Reynolds movies. <laughs> Should have won Best Picture. If you mean tacky, sure. <laughs> For legal reasons, that was a joke. Yes. Uh, all right. So, Brandon, scooping up two points. Congratulations. You're back in the back fight. Board. I'm You're back in the fight. What am I? One point behind you now. Uh, probably two. <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm getting there. This. Getting there. We'll Did I get like you know just a point for effort? No. Part- at the end of the season, you will get a participation point. Yes. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> so right. saying there's a chance. <laughs> the participation right. trophy for Mr. Zach. Here we go. So we're gonna get up out of here, guys. Brandon, let everybody know where they can find you, sir. Yeah, definitely. You guys can find me at F-A-N-T-A-S-M-I-C ears over on Letterboxd. Go check out what I'm watching. Um, yeah, it's been a busy uh, few weeks, but definitely watching some stuff, trying to catch up on like the best picture releases. I just watched uh, Triangle of Sadness finally. 
definitely an interesting film. Um, and deserving of a Best Picture. I disagree. I disagree. <laughs> I disagree. Yeah, I just convers- won the Palm d'Or. No big deal. That's just that's a conversation for another time. But okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, I think it was a solid film, but just has no reason being in the Best Picture lineup. And it's yeah. still way better than a lot of other movies. So, yeah, including Knock at the Cabin. Yeah. <laughs> Different years, buddy. That. Different years. I knew he's gonna say that. Um, <laughs> I, I'm interested. I still need to see Women Talking. So nice. I need to figure out a way to watch that. But that's the only. That's all. That's it. That's all I have left for best pictures to watch. So. All right. Yeah, you guys can find you. Oh, you're glitching. I was out. gonna say you guys can also find me on Letterbox at Z Sneaks. Oh crap. Is that better? Yep, you're good. Keep going. Is it? Okay. You guys can find me on Letterbox at Z Sneaks, and you can find me on Twitter at Zach Sneath. That is Z A C H S N E A T H. Phoenix, where can everyone find you at, sir? You guys can find me on Twitter at I'm H O Reviews One. That's the number one. And on Letterbox under P A Cloudin. And as always, guys, please follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Film Code Pod. And we will see you guys next week. We are out of here. Peace.